Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Amen. Thank you, Gil. Thank you for leading us this morning. Appreciate you so much. Uh, well, this has been an incredible week in so many ways in the life of our church. And, um, you know, one of the things that that revival does is, is um, you know, just causes us to um, to get real. And uh, obviously that's what uh, the sermon series for the last five weeks has been. It's about to get real, and that's talking about spiritual warfare. And we'll wrap that up here in just a minute. But I just wanted right here, just beginning the the start of this message, for us just to get real <laughs> right now as we start. Now, I think sometimes, and maybe this is just me, but but sometimes maybe we we kind of think, okay, I'll get I'll get real when the sermon's over, when the invitation is given. That's the time we're supposed to get real. I want to invite you right now for us to get real, because I believe that there's probably folks here in this place today, and we'll be at nine thirty and eleven o'clock as well. Uh, people who need some prayer, and I got I got a feeling there's probably some folks in this room today who need prayer. And so I want to invite you right now. I want to pray for you right now as your pastor. I love doing that. It's a privilege for me to, to pray for you and to lift you up to the Lord. My prayers aren't any more special than anybody else. It's not like I, you know, Mark and I didn't get some kind of uh, special uh, blessing or gill. And when we went to seminary, okay, now you got super duper prayers or anything like that. But as your pastor, it is a privilege for me to be able to pray for you. And so I'm going to ask you some questions here. And if you need prayer in one of these specific areas, when I come to this, that area, I just want you to lift your hand. And so first of all, I want to pray for anybody here today that either you or somebody who's close to you is in need of healing from some sort of sickness today. Would you just lift your hand if that's the truth? So let's pray right now. Father, I pray for these whose hands are lifted, for the physical healing that is needed of family and friends. I know some of the hands, when I saw hands go up, I knew that some of these hands, I knew, I knew some of the ones that would be up. Uh, Lord, I don't know all of them, and that's okay because you do. And you are Jehovah Rapha, you are the God who heals. Lord Jesus, we know that that was one of the things that you did when you came to this earth, and God, you're still doing that, you're still healing. So right now, Father, I pray for healing in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would show up in these situations and that you would glorify yourself with the healing that you bring to these who's, who, who are represented by the hands that were lifted for physical healing from sickness today, Lord. Whether it's COVID or cancer or any number, whatever it is, God, we pray, Lord, for healing for your glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. What about somebody here today that you need guidance or wisdom for some decision or direction in your life. Anybody here uh, that's true for you? Okay, my hand is up on that too, so let's pray. Father, I pray, God, for the guidance that we need in decisions and wisdom that is needed for decisions, for direction that we may need to go in our lives. God, your word tells us that you have good plans for us, God, and they're plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a future and to give us hope and that when we seek you with all of our hearts, we will find you. And Lord, you tell us that you will give us the guidance that we need. Lord, you are our shepherd. You are our guide. You know, Jesus, you're the light. Uh, you have given us your word. 
uh, that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And God, I pray for, for those who are seeking direction and wisdom for decisions and directions in their lives or maybe in the lives of loved ones or family or friends or for this church. God, we trust you for direction uh, for those decisions that need to be made in Jesus' name. Amen. What about those today that you may say that uh, I need some prayer for some issues that may be going on in my family right now? Would you just lift your hand? You got some family stuff going on? That's a real thing, man. I was talking earlier uh, just how real the enemy is. And as we talk about spiritual warfare, man, if there's ever a place, ever a place where the enemy is going to zero in with those splattering, flaming arrows that we've been talking about, it's in our families. And so I, my heart resonates with you when you raise your hand in talking about family issues. Father, I pray for these who, whatever those uh, hands represented, God, you know the things that we're concerned about in our families. You know the struggles that are in our families, God. You know how the enemy is taking shots at families all over the place, God, including in this room, in this church family. So, Father, I pray for those whose hands were lifted uh, due to family issues. God, that, that gets close to us, God, whether it's our kids. Uh, for those of us who are grandparents, it's our grandkids. Uh, whether it's with siblings or with parents. Uh, in our marriages, uh, Lord, you know. Uh, and we know that we desperately need for you to help us in our families. So God bless these whose hands were lifted and bring a, a good, strong resolution to family issues that we're wrestling with in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple more. What about those of you that may today uh, be dealing with uh, grief, just grief that is hanging on you? Anybody just dealing with grief? Uh, I don't, uh, a few, okay, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, I pray now that you would bring comfort and peace. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you that you will always do that. Holy Spirit, you're the comforter and you bring comfort. And I ask you to do that now for those who are wrestling with grief, losing loved ones, parents, uh, spouses, friends, other family members, God. And just the collective grief, God, we could really, the truth of the matter is we could all raise our hands. The collective grief that our nation's going through over the loss of the, the Marines and the Navy corpsmen in Afghanistan this week, God, we're, we're grieving as a nation over that. We're grieving because we know there's probably going to be some folks that may lose their lives and certainly will lose a lot of property uh, over the next hours, God, in our nation. Uh, grieving over... Um, uh, just all sorts of things, God, but sometimes it's, uh, for, it's real personal for a lot of us, God. Uh, so bring comfort and strength in Jesus' name, amen. And then one more, I just want to ask you if you have a, a family member or a friend that you know who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they need salvation, amen. Hey, and I want to tell you also, I've told you before, if you feel comfortable doing that, you don't have to tell me. You don't have to do it at all, but if you'd like for me to add them, I have a, a, an extensive list of people that I pray for each week specifically for their salvation. And I'd love to add whatever name you're thinking about when you raised your hand just then. If you haven't told me that, if you want to, you certainly don't have to. But you can text me, call me, tell me after, write it on a piece of paper, give it to me after the service, or shoot me an email and tell me, and I'll add them to the list. And and when my, when my weekly email, email prayer warrior uh, request goes out, 
that there will be a name at the bottom every week of somebody who needs to know Jesus. It can just be one name, it's just the first name if you don't want to do first and last, or even just initials, but certainly we need to pray for salvation. Let's do that now. Father, right now, we know that we're praying right now, Lord, according to your will, because your word tells us that it's not your will that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And Lord, we got friends, we got family members, we got folks that we know that if they died right now, Lord, they would not go to heaven. And God, that breaks our hearts. And it scares us to death, Lord, because we know every one of us, uh, or uh, every time our heart beats, we draw one step closer to the time that we will leave this earthly life. And, and so, Father, uh, I pray for salvation for those who, who, who we know and love, friends and family members, co-workers, folks, that, that, God, we know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except they come through Him. And we pray that that truth will break through to those that we love that don't know Jesus. So draw them to you today. Lord, I pray <laughs> I pray that even today, somebody whose hand just went up, that, they, that they're going to get a phone call today from that person and say, you're not going to believe I went to church today. I went to church today and I gave my life to Jesus. Lord, what a, what a, <laughs> what a hallelujah moment that would be for some folks. And we'd give you all the glory and praise, Father, if you answered that prayer that way. So we ask for salvation, Lord, to come to those who are lost in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we have a hard time asking for prayer for ourselves. We do a lot of praying around here, and we're going to keep on doing that Wednesday night and refresh. We focus a lot on, on prayer in our midweek service. I invite you to come and be a part of that service on, uh, at, at 6.30 on Wednesday nights. And, and so we pray for a lot of people, a lot of things, and, and rightfully so. We pray for missionaries. We pray for people that are sick. We pray for our church. We pray for our community, our nation, things like that. But sometimes we have a hard time asking for prayer for ourselves. I mean, sometimes we just, I, I, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's been, it's been this way for a long time as a pastor. You know, I ask, and very seldom do people do people willingly do that. I remember one time, uh, several times, I used to do that. And at some point, we'll probably do it here. Uh, I'll do a thing called prayer chair. <laughs> and what I would do is in a corporate prayer time, like on a Wednesday night, I did it at Country Woods, did it back at when I was at Monticello, I did it when I was a youth minister, but because it kind of sounds like one of those youth ministry things you might do, but I would take a chair and just pull it up, a chair or a stool, and just pull it up and put it right in front of the congregation and say, if you need prayer today or tonight, I want you to ask you to come and sit on this stool and tell us what your prayer need is, and then we're going to pray for you. Sometimes I would do that and nobody would come. <laughs> that would happen on occasion, and uh, but then sometimes... We'd be praying for 30, 45 minutes as people started coming because they realized they needed prayer. And they were willing to open up their hearts and lives and be vulnerable. That's one thing we don't want to do. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be transparent. We don't want to let folks know that we're struggling, that, you know, we, we come to uh, church on Sunday and put on a happy face and put on our good clothes and try to make, and, and yet if I, if I put a chair there, if you were honest, then we probably that would probably be all that we would do for the rest of service if we would be honest about that. I'd be the first one sitting on the chair, but what, uh, but sometimes we struggle with that, and we may think it's selfish. You know, somebody else is, somebody else needs more prayer than I do. You know, we 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 kind of get all uh, all sanctimonious about it. You know, well, my needs are not that. You know, listen, man, they're they're serious. Whatever your needs are, whatever my needs are, we don't want to call attention to ourselves and things like that. And then sometimes we may think, well, you know, if I do that, then somebody's going to think I'm weak. Can I tell you I am weak? I want you to know that. 
But we don't want people to think that, but you know, others may think I'm weak, or, or then we may even take it a little bit further. And unfortunately, this is the case that sometimes we share that and somebody will go out and start talking about us. And maybe we've, maybe we've been burnt that way before, you know, shared a heartfelt prayer request, and then somebody went out and told a whole bunch of folks about it, you know, and I can't believe it. And so we don't, we don't do that. Isn't that crazy? How the, see how the enemy does that kind of stuff and keeps us from being willing to ask for prayer for ourselves. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with asking for prayer for ourselves. In fact, there's a whole lot right about that. And it's a good thing to do. It's good. It's good. In the church, especially where the Word of God tells us that we're to love one another. And Galatians tells us to, 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 to bear one another's burdens. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, carry one another's per- burdens. Bear one another's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. And so it's a good thing to do. That's, it's good to let your brothers and sisters in Christ know how to support you, how to encourage you, what your burdens are, so they can come alongside you. And we can't take it off of your shoulders, but we can certainly come along and do what the Word says and help bear that burden. Uh, one writer said this, We ask the Lord for help, and we ask other people. And until we see Jesus face to face, God works through His Spirit and His people. So that's why we ask for prayer for ourselves. Grab your Bibles and let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20 is where we've been focusing our attention for the last five weeks. We're going to focus on the last two verses this morning, verses 19 and 20. That verses 14 through 18 on the screen was last week's message. We're going to do verses 19 and 20 this week. But as we've done every other week, I want us to read the whole passage one more time as we wrap up this sermon series today. Let's stand together and let's read. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Remember that. It's not us. It's not us fighting with each other, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So therefore, because that's who we're fighting with, you better take up, we better take up the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm. So stand, therefore, belt, uh, here's the armor of God, fastened on the belt of truth, Put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, you ought to circle the word all, all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all, with all prayer and supplication. So that's saying, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication, praying for all the saints. And look at this one. In verse 19, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Father, we ask you now, Holy Spirit, you're here with us. Teach us. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have spent the last five weeks. Today's week five, and it's the last sermon uh, sermon in this series. We made it. On spiritual warfare, uh, just quick recap. First week was verses 10 and 11. We talked about the enemy that we face. We talked about that we got a real enemy, Satan, the devil, uh, the, the great dragon, the, the liar and the father of lies, a murderer, all of these things, the real enemy that we face. Second week was the battle we fight. 
And we talked about the fact that we, we fight a real battle. We don't fight against each other, but we fight a real battle against all of the evil forces in our world. The third week was the strategy that we use. And talking about the importance of having the strategy, the method, the plan that we use uh, to fight against the enemy. Last week <clears throat> was the armor, <clears throat> the armor that we wear, head to toe, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. We take up the shield of faith, sword of the spirit, and we pray in the spirit on all occasions. We get that armor on. And then today we finish up by saying, by talking about the reason that we press on, verses 19 and 20. And we're talking about prayer. You know, verse 18 wraps up with prayer, where Paul there in verse 18 says, to that end, keep alert uh, and with, uh, with all perseverance, making supplication. That word means praying for all the saints. And so we do that. And so we're talking about prayer. And prayer is a powerful spiritual weapon that we have in our arsenal. It's the real deal. Franklin Graham said this. He said, prayer is most definitely a weapon. It is a mighty weapon wielded by believers in the Lord Jesus Christ against our most powerful adversary, the devil. Man, prayer is a powerful weapon. Some of the folks I read this week as I was studying, some guys said it is the most powerful spiritual weapon that we have. And I, I, would, I would tend to lean that direction. That when we're, when we're praying, man, when we're praying, we're not just talking. We're not just talking. We're not just kind of throwing up some words. We talked about that when we did the sermon series a few months ago on the Lord's Prayer. We don't just do vain repetition. We don't just babble words. We don't just keep repeating ourselves over and over and over and over again. It's just we, This is real, the real deal when we're praying. It is serious when we're calling down air support from heaven. The battle against Satan and his forces. We're drawing on the power of God when, when we pray, when I prayed for you. For each one of those times that you raised your hand, man, we are calling down the power of Almighty God into your life and that situation. Amen? That's serious, man. That's awesome. That ought to fire us up even at 8, 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. That ought to get us excited to know that the power of God is available to us as believers, and we call down that power when we pray. We're communicating with our supreme commander-in-chief. We're talking about military stuff, spiritual warfare. He is our supreme commander-in-chief, and we're commu communicating with him, and, and it is no doubt, no doubt that prayer is one of our most potent and powerful weapons against Satan. That's why Paul asked the church, do you see? Why Paul asked the church to pray for him. Paul didn't, if, if the apostle Paul didn't have a problem saying, church, pray for me, then you can ask for prayer for yourself too. Paul certainly asked for prayer for himself. He knew that he needed the pr people praying for him. You know why? Because he knew that sharing the gospel would mean, absolutely mean, that Satan would launch vicious attacks against him and against the church. Man, you want Satan to leave you alone? Then shut your mouth and don't share the gospel with anybody. Then you ain't got to worry about Satan. He's going to leave you alone. You're not a threat to him. 
I love what Jeff Parker said Wednesday night of the, our revival where he said Sheila, his wife, would say to him in the morning, you know, when Jeff would get up in the morning and, 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 and the, in and, and the war room of hell, when Jeff gets up, he says, I kind of get a picture of Satan and the demons in hell going, oh, shoot, he's up again. You know, and that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of uh, power that we have. You want to get Satan's attention, then start sharing the gospel. And Paul knew that because he was sharing the gospel, because he was preaching the gospel, that Satan was going to launch an all-out war against him and against the gospel because that's what he did. He ain't real smart. He's cunning. He's conniving. He's got a lot of strategies, but he, he just keeps doing the same thing. He just does it in a lot of different ways, but he's got the same strategy. You start living for Jesus. You truly get revived from a revival. You truly start living for the Lord. You start doing what we're going to talk about here in just a moment. If I can get to the three points of the sermon and you start doing it, then you're going to, then you're going to get Satan's attention. So that's just a fair warning about this sermon today and about obedience to the Word of God. Paul knew that. He knew that he needed prayer cover. That's why I email 350 people every Monday to ask them to pray for me because I know that the preaching of God's Word means that I've got a target on my back. It's not because I'm any more special than anybody in here. It's just that when you stand in this pulpit, when you lead the church of God, when you're called to be a pastor, then the target is there. And I know that, and I experience it, and I need people covering me with prayer. And so Paul needed that too. Because sharing the gospel means the enemy is not going to like that. So verses 19 and 20, I want to read them from the NIV, and that's, that's what's on the screen right now. I, that, I used to use the NIV, New International Version, the 1984 edition, which I think is one of the best translations, and uh, you can't even get it anymore, but that's a whole other thing. But I want to read it from the NIV, because I just like the way it says it, and this is the way I memorized it. <laughs> Paul says, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me, that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray that I, a, I pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. The reason we press on that's what the last sermon in this series is. The reason we press on is the very reason that Paul was in prison. We press on because of the gospel. And that's why Paul was sitting in a Roman prison cell when he was writing these words. We press on because of the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, the good news that those hands that went up that last prayer that we prayed, the good news that you want those people to hear and respond to, that Jesus Christ it will, it will give the gift of salvation to anyone, anywhere, at any time if they will trust Him alone for their salvation. And that's why Paul pressed on. And the reason we press on, and that's why Paul pressed on in spite of, in spite of, persecution in spite of prison cells and that's why we press on in spite of spiritual warfare and opposition because the application for this message today is that the gospel is for all people and must be shared with as many people as possible 
So that's why we press on. And I want to give, when we look at Paul's prayer request, verses 19 and 20 that we had on the screen, that we look at that, there are three keys that I want to give you to pressing on and sharing the gospel. And then we're going to finish up this sermon, uh, this uh, service today with the Lord's Supper. So let me give you these three keys. I got to do them quickly. Number one, be ready. Be ready. Paul said, whenever I open my mouth, be ready. Hurricane Ida, 150-mile-an-hour winds barreling toward the coast right now. Now is the time. In fact, it's a little late, but now is the time not to get ready because it is too late to get ready if you're down there on the coast right now. Now is the time to be ready to be ready for the inevitable thing that is coming. And that's the same thing for us. We need to be, if you're a child of God, you need to be ready. We have to be ready for the inevitable opportunities that will come to us. You will have opportunities to share the gospel. Those are, it's inevitable because you are going to encounter Possibly today, but certainly sometime this week, you're going to cross paths with somebody who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You may live with that person. They may be in your family. You may work with them. It may be a total stranger, but you it will be inevitable that those opportunities are going to come for you and me to share the gospel. And so we must be ready, always ready. And this that's not just the one place where Paul said, whenever I open my mouth, listen to this, jot down 2 Timothy chapter two, uh, chapter 4, verse 2. 2 Timothy 4, 2 says this, preach the good news. And that's not just talking about what happens behind this pulpit each Sunday. That's talking about proclaiming the good news. If you're a child of God, telling folks about Jesus. So preach the good news. And then Paul said, be ready at all times and tell people what they need to do. Tell people what they need to do. Be ready to tell people what they need to do. 2 Timothy 4, 2. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Jot that down. Peter said this. 1 Peter 3, 15. He said, be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope you have in you. Man, why do you go to church so much? Why, why you don't get upset sometimes in those Meetings at the office when we got everybody else is cussing and fighting and screaming. You just you're why you do that, man? Why you act like that? Why you know? Be ready. Well, it's it's because yeah, I'm not being judgmental or condemning anybody. It's just because I I live for, I try to live for Jesus and man, let me tell you about him. Be ready. Acts chapter 8, verse 35, Philip went down, ran into that Ethiopian eunuch who was coming through the desert in his chariot. And Philip jumped up there in that chariot, and it says Philip opened his mouth. Philip was ready. He was ready. And he opened his mouth and told him the good news about Jesus. Be ready. The reason we press on is because of the gospel, so we must be ready. We witness with our lives. Everybody says that. Well, I just witness with the way I live my life. You better. That's right, because when you open your mouth, your words better match your lifestyle. It's not one or the other. 
You know, some people quote St. Francis of Assisi and says, you know, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. That sounds good. That ain't biblical. You're going to preach the gospel and you will use words. You must use words. Now, it is true that your life needs to match your words. But you've got to be ready to speak it. You've got to be ready to tell somebody. And that's not, again, not just for folks like us that are paid to do this and went to seminary and stuff. In Acts chapter 8, verse 4, when the church was born, the Holy Spirit came and the church was born. Acts 8, 4 said, those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. That's talking about the church. The church was scattered because of persecution. They went everywhere, and it says the church preached the gospel everywhere they went. The reason we press on is because of the gospel. So be ready. Number two, be bold. Paul says, I do it fearlessly. I pray, pray that I, whenever I open my mouth, I will preach the gospel fearlessly. Be bold. That Greek word means with courage, with boldness, with confidence, with frankness. Look, we're not, we're not being cocky. We're not being jerks about it. We're not being arrogant about it. But we speak lovingly, compassionately, clearly, and strongly about the gospel because we know that what we are sharing is right. And it is the truth that can change a person's life for all eternity. Do you believe that that's the gospel? Do you believe that, church? Then be bold. With the gospel, don't back down from the truth of the gospel. Don't back down. You'll be ridiculed. People are going to push against you. They'll push hard against you. They won't like you. You won't be popular. The culture hates the gospel and is increasingly hating those who proclaim it. So proclaim it anyway, fearlessly. Be ready. And be bold. Fearlessly proclaim the gospel. You don't have to know all. Look, don't worry if they ask you questions. Well, you know, well, what about some obscure Old Testament thing that no seminary professor can even explain? And that's what they're going to do. Don't worry about that. That's why so many people don't share the gospel. Well, what if they ask me a question? Just tell them about Jesus. Just hang out around John 3.16. Hey, I don't understand that, but I do know this, that God loves you so much that he sent his son to come and die on the cross for you. And if you'll accept him as your Lord and Savior, you won't die and go to hell, but you'll have a place reserved for you in heaven. He loves you so much. Be ready and be bold and finally be obedient. Paul said, pray that I will declare it fearlessly. And he finished his prayer by saying, as I should. As I should. Paul knew that as a Christ follower, follower, he should share the gospel. So he did. And guess what happened? It landed him in a prison cell, and it eventually led to his execution at the hands of Emperor Nero. But obedience to the Lord's commands is the best and the only way for a Christ follower to live his or her life. Pray that I will declare it fearlessly as I should, that I won't back down, even in the face of persecution. Listen, y'all, in a world where everybody is choosing sides on every possible topic and issue imaginable, it is high time for the church to get back to doing that thing that we should be doing, and that is sharing the gospel. 
So quit fighting and griping and tweeting and posting about your viewpoint on a vaccine that may or may not work and start doing what you should be doing as a Christ follower and telling people about the 100% effective cure for the universally deadly disease called sin. That's where we need to focus. What a great place for everybody in here to have said amen. So the gospel, it is the reason that we press on. As the battle rages fiercer and more intense every day. Let's pray. Father, would you help us today, Lord, to be ready, to be bold, and to be obedient. And the only way that can happen, Lord, is if we're walking with you. Other than that, we'll never do it. We'll never make it. So we trust you to help us, Lord, to be ready, to be bold, and be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen.